first homily I'll be preaching from 2 Samuel chapter 12. It's right in the middle of David's kingship. Pretty famous story actually. David is uh, in his power, sort of getting a little overconfident in himself and he's sitting at his, at his uh, sort of castle if you will. And he looks out upon the town and he sees a woman named Bathsheba and she's bathing. And instead of looking away, instead of going somewhere else, he continues to watch. Gives into temptation, desires Bathsheba. And so he goes and he has her. And then in response, knowing that he can get in trouble for this, he comes up with this plan. Plan to send her husband to the front line of the war and to make sure that he gets killed there. David is not bold enough to kill her husband himself, but he makes the plan so that he makes sure she is not going to have a husband in the future so that she can be his. And that is indeed what happened. Her husband was sent to the front line and was killed. And the day after the news came back to Bathsheba that her husband had been killed, she came to be the bride of David. And so David has killed the one person that can really get in the way of his plans. David's power is starting to really get to his head. And we start in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. Now who wants that job, right? The one person that was going to get in the way of this relationship has already been killed. And now the Lord calls you, the prophet, to go speak to David. This is not what Nathan signed up for, I am sure. He does not think in his head, I'm assuming, that this is going to go very well. But listen to what Nathan does. He came to him, David, and said to him, There were two men in a certain city. The one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink of his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, but he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, You are that man. If you read on, this story cuts to the heart of David. He's very remorseful. He ends up really being hurt by what he's done. He doesn't get killed, but he does lose a son. Nathan tells this story. I mean, what if Nathan had just gone to David and said, David, you, you should not be doing what you just did. You, do you think David would have taken that very well from Nathan? No. No, David has already killed to get this done. He would have done it again. 
But David tells a story. A story of a rich man who has many herds and a poor man who has just this one lamb. And the story enrages David so much he gets angry and says, as the Lord lives, that's a really strong statement for a king to make. The man who's done this deserves to die. And when Nathan says, you are that man, he catches David. Do you see what he did? He got David hooked by this story. Emotionally drew David in, disarmed him, and then hit him right between the eyes with the truth. You are that man. You stole Bathsheba just like that man stole the lamb. And you said that man deserved to die. What do you think should happen to you? Story has an amazing ability to relate to us. It's why we love stories. It's why we tell stories. It's why we watch movies and we read books and we watch TV shows because we love story. Story has the ability to draw us in, to disarm us, but at the same time to speak to us. When we listen to a story, when we read a story, we hear somebody tell a story, we we tend to identify with certain characters and we tend to not like certain characters. And what that means is the story is getting to us. See, we think we just interpret story, like we can open the Bible and interpret the story. But in fact, story has an amazing ability to interpret us. What if Nathan had just come and confronted David? I think David could have denied it. He could have killed Nathan, could have kicked him out. But by telling a story, he caught David off guard and got the truth through to him when David seemed to be denying it and willing to kill to deny it. This is the power of story. And I think as a church, generally, globally, We've sort of lost story. I mean, we read this Bible that has, it's almost all story, even the teaching that's in it. The teaching by Jesus and the teaching by Paul is normally found in the middle of story. Jesus is somewhere speaking to some people when he teaches. Paul isn't just speaking randomly. He's writing to a church at Philippi or he's writing to a church at Corinth. So the story is part of the teaching But as Christians, how often do we refer to biblical story? And how often could you say during the week, man, this reminds me of the story of David and Bathsheba. I can can say that about a lot of TV shows. I can say that a lot about billboards, about commercials, about conversations that I hear. Where instead of walking away from temptation, people let it sit right in front of them. See, we've lost touch with these stories. In fact... A lot of us don't even know these stories anymore. And we're raising up children that don't know the biblical stories anymore. And it's time that we as a church really rediscover the value of story. And that is why this summer I put together this this reading plan so that we can read through a lot of the stories together. And this summer I'm going to be preaching stories. Because stories have a power not just for us to interpret the stories, but for the stories to come back and interpret us. The Bible is written in story. Shouldn't that be a hint to us? The Bible tells a story and our life tells a story. It's time as Christians we start paying attention to that and trying to make that story our story. It's time as Christians we can identify with that story so that we can tell others that story. And so that is why this summer we're going to try to have a summer of story. 
including starting with my second homily. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for story, for your story and how it speaks to our lives and our story. Speak to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen.